Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Warden News, November 2023. Warden's News is a collection of current Game Warden-related news stories gathered from news sources worldwide. These stories are compiled and read by Warden's Watch producer, Jay Scott. Warden News, all new on the Warden's Watch podcast. Now we travel to Missouri for a story that caught our attention on KFVS12.com. Significant reward offered in Missouri bull elk poaching case. In Shannon County, Missouri, a disturbing act of wildlife crime occurred over the opening weekend of the state's firearms deer season, November 11th and 12th. A local deer hunter discovered an adult bull elk shot and left near Klepsig Mill with the entire carcass abandoned in the field. Shannon County Conservation Agent Brad Hadley found the elk, which was then transported to the Missouri Department of Conservation's MDC Central Regional Office and Conservation Research Center in Columbia for a necropsy. In response to this act of poaching, Missouri's Operation Game Thief, OGT, is offering a substantial reward of $20,000 for information, leading to the conviction of those responsible. This considerable sum highlights the severity with which the MDC and OGT are treating the illegal killing of wildlife. OGT Board Chair Jim Kent stated that poaching is a theft of valued wildlife resources from all Missourians and must be stopped, emphasizing the reward's intent to find and hold the perpetrators accountable. The MDC and local conservation agents, along with MDC canine teams, are conducting a thorough investigation into the poaching incident. The significant reward money donated by the public underscores the community's commitment to conservation and enforcement of laws protecting native wildlife. Conservation agents are urging the public to assist in the investigation, encouraging anyone with relevant information to contact the Operation Game Thief hotline. Callers can remain anonymous, providing a safe way to share information that could be key to solving the case. This incident is a part of a broader issue of wildlife poaching and trafficking, which poses a significant threat to biodiversity and conservation efforts. 
The MDC's response, particularly the substantial reward and extensive investigation, highlights the importance of wildlife protection and the need for public involvement in conservation efforts. The illegal killing of the bull elk in Shannon County represents a serious wildlife crime, and the authorities are determined to bring those responsible to justice, with public participation being crucial in these efforts. Next, we cover a story of national implications, first explored on OutdoorLife.com. Are animal rights activists hijacking our wildlife commissions? Wildlife management in North America is experiencing a paradigm shift, particularly in states like Colorado and Washington, where the influence of animal rights activists is growing within wildlife commissions. This shift is indicative of a broader debate on the future of wildlife management and conservation practices. In Colorado, the appointment of commissioners representing animal welfare constituencies is a reflection of a trend similar to that in Washington State's Fish and Wildlife Commission. These commissions are increasingly populated by what some call mutualists, members who prioritize ecological roles of predators over traditional hunting and angling practices. This change in approach is seen as a departure from the established tenets of the North American model of wildlife conservation, which has been largely supported by hunters and anglers through license fees and taxes on hunting and fishing equipment. Kevin Bixby, the executive director of Wildlife for All, a New Mexico-based group advocating for state wildlife reform, argues that hunters are not essential for managing wildlife. This perspective is part of a growing movement emphasizing animal rights, rewilding, and deep ecology in wildlife management. The reaction from traditional hunting and conservation groups is one of concern. These groups stress the importance of maintaining the North American model of wildlife conservation and the role of hunters in funding and facilitating science-based resource management. They argue that without active involvement in conservation efforts, such as volunteering, attending public meetings, and participating in civic discourse, the future of hunting and traditional wildlife management could be at risk. The evolving dynamics within these wildlife commissions are a microcosm of the larger conversation about conservation and wildlife management. As these debates continue, the outcomes will likely have far-reaching implications for how wildlife is managed and conserved across North America. Next, we travel to Massachusetts. The essential role of bear hunting in Pumpkin's case. In a decisive move that underscores the importance of regulated hunting and wildlife management, a local black bear known as Pumpkin was legally taken by a licensed hunter in Hanson, Massachusetts. This action, endorsed by Mass Wildlife, demonstrates the effectiveness of hunting in maintaining ecological balance and public safety. Pumpkin, who weighed 300 pounds and had a penchant for eating gourds, became a notable figure in Hanson. However, the bear's behavior, especially after it killed two goats, raised significant safety concerns among local residents. The Hanson Police Department, evaluating the situation, deemed that euthanization was necessary to prevent further incidents. A hunter, operating within the bounds of Massachusetts's strict wildlife management laws, used a bow and arrow to humanely take down pumpkin during the designated hunting season. This legal and ethical hunting action represents a key aspect of wildlife conservation, ensuring that animal populations are kept in check to prevent overpopulation and potential human-wildlife conflicts. 
The Massachusetts Division of Fisheries and Wildlife has acknowledged the necessity of this action, highlighting how responsible hunting plays a critical role in managing the state's growing black bear population. The death of pumpkin, while a somber event, is a poignant example of how hunting can be a vital tool in mitigating risks associated with wildlife in residential areas. This incident has sparked a broader conversation in Hanson and beyond about the role of hunting in modern conservation efforts. It emphasizes the need for continued education and awareness about wildlife behaviors and the importance of coexisting with nature in a responsible manner. Residents are reminded to minimize attractants to bears, such as bird feeders and unsecured trash, to reduce the likelihood of human-bear interactions, as Massachusetts grapples with the challenges posed by an expanding black bear population. The story of pumpkin serves as a crucial reminder of the delicate balance that must be maintained between human development and wildlife habitats. It highlights how regulated hunting is not only a necessary measure for public safety, but also a key component in preserving the state's rich biodiversity. Now we visit Texas to explore the exotic animal trade. Texas emerges as a crucial hub in the global exotic wildlife trade. Texas has become increasingly significant in the illegal exotic wildlife trade, an industry worth billions and marked by troubling trends and challenging enforcement. A stark example is the case of Reyna, a jaguar seized from drug traffickers in South Texas, highlighting the state's growing role in this illicit business. The jaguar story is a microcosm of a larger problem. Reyna was likely smuggled across the border from Mexico, a victim of a ritual believed to aid drug trafficking. Her rescue and subsequent relocation to New Orleans' Audubon Zoo reflect the grim realities of wildlife smuggling. The scope of wildlife trafficking in Texas is extensive. Dallas has been identified as a key entry point for illegal tiger imports in the U.S., with shipments primarily coming from China and Vietnam. The trade is driven by a demand for exotic pets and products derived from endangered species, used in jewelry, traditional medicines, and as mystical talismans. Enforcement efforts have intensified. Texas game wardens, in collaboration with federal agencies, have cracked down on the wildlife trade, leading to multiple criminal cases and citations. However, the scale and profitability of the trade, intertwined with other forms of organized crime, present significant challenges. Wildlife trafficking is a considerable source of finance for transnational criminal organizations, generating as much as $23 billion annually. Recent legal developments underscore the seriousness of these crimes. Alejandro Carrillo of El Paso was sentenced for trafficking in protected species, and six Cuban nationals in Houston were indicted for illegal trafficking of migratory songbirds. These cases reflect the variety of wildlife trafficking issues in Texas and the efforts to combat them. The impact of this trade extends beyond individual animals. It disrupts ecosystems, endangers biodiversity, and is pushing many species toward extinction. Conservationists warn that the trade's effects are far-reaching, upsetting the planet's ecological balance. Texas's role in the exotic wildlife trade is a complex issue that requires ongoing vigilance and global cooperation. While enforcement is making headway, the high demand and involvement of organized crime make it a formidable challenge. Next, we travel to New York for some violation updates seen on NewYorkUpstate.com. Upstate NY hunters and anglers face multiple charges for wildlife violations. In a series of recent incidents, hunters and anglers in upstate New York have been charged with various wildlife law violations, according to reports from the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation. DEC. 
On October 5th, while patrolling in the town of Masonville, a DEC police officer observed a vehicle where the passenger was illegally spotlighting deer. Spotlighting, the practice of using a bright light to observe deer at night, is legal in New York under specific conditions. However, in this case, the passenger did not have permission to spotlight within 500 feet of a residence, violating state regulations. Additionally, they found a loaded crossbow inside the vehicle, which is unlawful in New York. Both the driver and the passenger were charged with use of a spotlight while possessing an unsecured crossbow and possessing a loaded crossbow in a motor vehicle. In another incident on October 6th in the town of Wright, Shoharie County, a hunter illegally took a seven-point buck and then posted a selfie with the deer on social media. An ECO, after running the hunter's name through the DEC licensing system, discovered that the hunter had purchased a hunting license on October 7th, a day after the deer was taken. The hunter admitted to shooting the deer a day prior to obtaining the license and was issued two tickets for hunting without a license and taking deer illegally. The antlers and venison were seized as evidence. Additionally, a significant incident occurred on October 1st in Steventown, Rensselaer County, where a domestic dispute led to the involvement of the ECO and state police. The suspect in this case was charged with second-degree assault, menacing a police officer and criminal mischief after confronting officers with a 12-gauge shotgun. Furthermore, ECOs in Suffolk County conducted fishing compliance checks on Long Island, resulting in numerous tickets for violations including possession of undersized fish, possessing fish over the daily limit, fish taken out of season, and operation of unregistered vessels. Notable cases included a fisherman ticketed for keeping 56 small fish caught out of season and two anglers ticketed for catching and hiding 10 out-of-season blackfish. These incidents highlight the ongoing efforts by the New York State DEC to enforce wildlife conservation laws and the importance of adhering to legal hunting and fishing practices to protect the state's natural resources. First, we head to Pennsylvania for a story first noted on WKBN News. Hermitage man faces multiple charges for illegal hunting and other violations. Chase Kaminsky, a 36-year-old resident of Hermitage, Pennsylvania, is currently embroiled in a series of legal troubles spanning wildlife violations, forgery, and a high-profile fishing tournament cheating scandal. Kaminsky, previously implicated in the infamous Lake Erie walleye scandal for cheating, is now facing serious allegations of illegal deer hunting. According to the Pennsylvania Game Commission, Kaminsky has been charged with multiple counts related to the unlawful harvesting of white-tailed deer. These charges include unlawful killing or taking of big game, unlawful possession of game or wildlife, illegal acts concerning hunting licenses, and failure to properly tag and report big game kills. The investigation, sparked by a tip-off and subsequent search of Kaminsky's residence, revealed evidence of multiple illegal activities. Authorities discovered five mounted antlered whitetail heads, some tagged under his wife's name, who has claimed to have never killed a deer. These deer were allegedly harvested at night and outside of the designated hunting season, adding to the severity of the charges. Compounding his legal woes, Kaminsky is also implicated in a separate case of forgery and theft by deception. He reportedly gave counterfeit dollar 100 bills to his son, which were then used in a local bowling alley. This incident is currently under trial in Mercer County Court. Furthermore, Kaminsky's past transgressions in the sporting world have come back to haunt him. In 2023, he was convicted of using weights to cheat in a walleye fishing tournament in Cleveland. His punishment for this infraction included a jail sentence, probation, the suspension of his fishing license for three years, and the forfeiture of a $100,000 base boat. 
Chase Kaminsky, who has not been able to hunt legally since 2008 due to previous violations, now faces a series of legal battles that could significantly impact his future. He has waived his right to a preliminary hearing in the wildlife violation case, indicating a complex legal process ahead. This series of charges highlights the ongoing efforts of law enforcement to combat illegal hunting and wildlife preservation. It also underscores the consequences of engaging in fraudulent activities in both recreational and professional spheres. As these cases proceed through the judicial system, they serve as a stark reminder of the serious implications of flouting hunting regulations and other laws. Now we turn to Colorado for a story about the death of a bear, first noted on thecooldown.com. Tragic end for Telluride Bear highlights dangers of plastic waste to wildlife. In a somber incident in Telluride, Colorado, a bear's struggle with plastic waste-induced illness ended in euthanasia, casting a spotlight on the dire consequences of plastic pollution on wildlife. This case, bringing forth the often unseen impact of human waste on animals, has ignited concerns among environmentalists and the general public alike. The bear, found in a severely weakened state, was initially reported by residents of Telluride who noticed its concerning symptoms, foam around the mouth and puffy eyes, indicative of a serious infection. The bear's inability to move more than 20 to 30 yards at a time without resting was a clear sign of its distress. Colorado Parks and Wildlife Authorities, upon assessing the situation, decided that euthanasia was the most humane course of action due to the bear's extreme suffering. A necropsy revealed a harrowing reality. The bear's digestive system was clogged with an alarming amount of plastic waste, including paper towels, wipes, and plastic bags, alongside indigestible food content. This blockage had caused the bear to suffer for months, unable to properly digest food, leading to a slow and painful death. John Livingston, a spokesperson from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, expressed the agony of the situation stating that the bear had been decaying from the inside out, a truly horrific way to die. The incident in Telluride is a stark reminder of the broader issue of plastic waste impacting wildlife worldwide. Estimates suggest that up to 100,000 marine animals succumb each year to the hazards of ingesting or becoming entangled in plastic. Land animals, including bears with their acute sense of smell, are equally at risk, often mistaking plastic for food and consuming materials that they cannot digest. To combat this growing environmental crisis, experts advocate for a reduction in plastic consumption. Simple steps like using reusable water bottles, choosing biodegradable packaging, and utilizing reusable containers can significantly cut down the amount of plastic waste. Moreover, proper disposal of waste, particularly in regions frequented by wildlife, is imperative to keep these curious creatures safe from harmful materials. This tragic event serves as a poignant reminder of the consequences of our lifestyle choices on the environment and wildlife. It underscores the urgent need for collective action in waste management and environmental stewardship to safeguard our planet's diverse species from the perils of plastic pollution. Next, we head to Wyoming to explore a story see on the Billings Gazette. Wyoming game wardens tackle poaching and wildlife violations with vigilance and public support. In the expansive wilderness of Wyoming, the dedication of game wardens like Levi Wood of the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, WGFD, is making a significant impact in the fight against wildlife crimes. Wood, stationed in South Laramie, 
recently showcased his commitment to protecting wildlife even while off-duty. In October 2021, upon receiving a tip about illegal hunting activities, he single-handedly uncovered a poaching case involving a mule deer, leading to substantial fines and suspensions for the violators. This incident, detailed in WGFD's 2022 Law Enforcement Report, is just one example of the numerous challenges faced by game wardens in Wyoming. In 2022 alone, the department recorded a staggering 2,838 law enforcement actions, highlighting the extent of wildlife-related violations across the state. Among these was one of the largest poaching cases in history, resulting in substantial fines and restitution totaling over $300,000 for the violators. Public involvement has proven to be a crucial asset in these efforts. In 2022, there was a significant increase in stop poaching tips from the public, leading to dozens of citations and warnings. The dedication of the wardens, who patrolled over 600,000 miles in their duties, was instrumental in these achievements. However, the department is grappling with challenges in recruitment and retention, with a 20% vacancy rate at times. Despite hundreds of applications for game warden positions, only a handful of candidates were hired underscoring the difficulty in finding qualified individuals for these demanding roles. The report also sheds light on several other notable cases. In one instance, a hunter was cited for taking an overlimit of sheep, while high school students faced hefty fines and restitution for illegally killing a bull elk. In another case, trespassing reports led to the discovery of multiple instances of elk and deer poaching. Chief Game Warden Rick King emphasized the importance of public reports and vigilance in conserving wildlife. The department's efforts, supported by the community, play a critical role in safeguarding Wyoming's rich biodiversity and maintaining the integrity of its natural habitats. As the WGFD continues its mission, these stories serve as a reminder of the ongoing battle against wildlife violations and the importance of ethical conduct in the great outdoors.